Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Before I introduce my guest, just want to thank you for leaving a review on iTunes for this podcast. I check that every couple of days, and there's been some new reviews, and those help me. They're not always five-star reviews, and you can leave whatever star review you want to, but it does help our listeners connect with the podcast and also gives me ideas of how to improve the podcast. This is a community effort. It isn't just my effort. It's really the listeners and the guests that come forward to make this platform work to help us bring to get us together on tender and important subjects. So my guest on today on today's podcast, joining me from Georgia via Zoom is Alicia Hall. Welcome to the podcast, Alicia. Thank you, Richard. I'm thrilled to be here. And um, she's gonna she's a mom of five, um, certified life coach. We'll link to her website in the show notes, but I'll just mention it right now, aliciahallcoaching.com. Tell our listeners how to spell Alicia. A-L-I-C-I-A. Is that the most common way or is that? <laughs> I, I mean, probably not. <laughs> I like it. I just, it's a name that I'm familiar with, but there's probably a few spellings of that name. So yes. We will link to um, the show notes, listeners, so that you can connect with Lisa if you'd like to reach out. She's active LDS. Um, her life coaching is focused on self-worth, and she'll talk more about that. She'll also talk about um, her daughter and her daughter coming out and um, just how they're navigating that as as a mom, daughter. And um, it's a real tribute, as I've been hearing um, Alicia talk about her daughter, what a wonderful woman she is. So is that okay for an introduction? That sounds great. I'm thinking, listeners, this podcast will help you as a parent of an LGBTQ kid. Um, some of you that may be brand new to this road, Alicia brings the experience of her life coach experience, plus being a mom walking this road. And if you're LGBTQ, it may help you just to um, hear some of the story about um, to help you navigate your life. And if you're a local leader or just a thoughtful person joining in, we hope that impressions will come into your mind on how, what you can do to better support the LGBTQ people in your circle of influence. So with that, Alicia, we'll let you get started. Okay, perfect. Um, I would actually like to also add, I like to introduce myself Good. as I am a woman of faith. I'm a compassionate forgiver. I'm a whole human and I'm an elect daughter of God. And as we continue in our conversation, Richard, I'll explain why I like to introduce myself that way. Um, but let me start out by sharing how my daughter came out. So my daughter is McKenna. She's my second oldest from my first marriage. And she came out in the fall of 2020. It was, I think, a couple weeks after her 15th birthday. Now, the way that she came out <laughs> was a little bit unique, um, but, you know, she just needed to do what she needed to do. So she sent a mass text to all of her parents, her aunts, uncles, grandparents, youth leaders, friends, like closest friends, like everybody that she knew in her contact list. And she just said, you know, guys, I have been thinking about this long and hard. And I always felt like there was something different about me. And I haven't quite figured out what it is. 
until recently where I feel like I identify as a lesbian. And she says, I'm still the same person. I still believe in the gospel. I'm, I'm still who I am, but this is also a part of who I am. And that's how she left it. And my, <laughs> the first time I read it, I was just like, wait, what <laughs> did I read this right now to, to preface though, like I know like through the year previous, she had mentioned, I think maybe I'm bi. I like, I like girls and I like guys. And I was like, oh, okay. Tell me about that. And she would talk about it for a little bit. And for me, I just kind of looked at it as there seems to be a trend going on right now. I mean, out in Georgia, it's certainly been a trend where more kids are like, I think I'm bi. Just, I think I prefer this over one gender and this over another. Um, so I just kind of figured, okay, she's 15. She doesn't really know. She hasn't really dated. This is just a phase <laughs> is kind of what I thought it would be. Um, so this happened in an evening and I was getting ready to go to bed and I didn't sleep much at all that night. So what I did instead was I pulled up the LDS.org and I haven't seen her or talked to her because I already said goodnight to her. And anyway, so I, I pulled up LDS.org and I was like, what do they have to say about the subject? Like I never really even looked into it much. Um, and I watched every video, I read everything. Like I just consumed content that night and I was exhausted. But the next morning I just said a prayer and I said, what do I do for my daughter? Like, what does she need from me? How do I help her through this? Um, because you get some perspectives and you get some stories as you look on the website and you get different people sharing their stories. And I'm like, I don't know what direction this is going. I was going towards the thoughts of what does her future look like? What does this mean? Is she going to leave the church? Um, all the things that I was worried about and a little bit fearful of. And the response that I got in prayer was to just love her. And I was like, well, that's easy. <laughs> I can do this. That's done. And I knew it wouldn't be just as simple as that. I knew that our road would be challenging and be filled with challenges, but that that's what Heavenly Father wanted me to do for my daughter. I was just like, okay. So when I saw her, when she woke up the next morning, I just embraced her. I didn't say anything. I just hugged her tight and I held her for a long time and she knew why. And, and she accepted that embrace. And I just told her, I looked her in the eye and I said, I love you. I accept you. And we'll go through this together. And we have. And that's, I just feel, I feel grateful just to have that with her. And she, she didn't get positive responses from everybody, but she did from most. In fact, I was more afraid of what it was going to look like from from church. <laughs> like we're going to show up at church. What is that going to look like for you? But everybody embraced her, her church leaders, her friends. They're like, McKenna, we love you. We support you. We're here for you. And I was just blown away. And like I said, not everybody felt that way. She certainly got some, um, some slaps in the face. I felt like on her, like, on her part where she just felt out of place, unaccepted, 
Um, just things of being told God doesn't love you in that way. He can't love you in that way. You can't be a member of the church and be part of the LGBTQ community. Um, you're being influenced by the devil. Just, just things like that. And I remember her coming home and sharing those things with me. And she was just saying, Mom, does God really love me and accept me for who I am like this? And I just looked at her and I just took her hands and I'm like, McKenna, you know that he does. You know, he loves you. You have felt his love for you in your life. And I said, how do you feel now? And she thought about it for a moment and she just starts crying and she's getting choked up. And she's like, yeah, that feels true. <laughs> and I knew that this would be a really rough road. Um. Now, when she came out in fall of 2020, this is COVID, and I had just started my coaching certification at the Life Coach School. And everything was done online. I had gone, I had um, gone through a life coach myself, so I'd been life coached, and I knew about what I was being taught. And so, I this is why I wanted to come on your podcast today was to teach you these essential tools that really helped me gain some perspective to help me heal through this process for myself and to help me show up from a way that I want to, from a place of love instead of fear and worry, and to help me create a deeper connection with the Savior and my daughter as we continue to go through this. And so I want to share that experience and some of those tools that I have used with you today on the podcast that I know can benefit other parents and even other LGBTQ members of the church. Um, even if you're not a member of the church, these tools will benefit you. And I'll, I'll share with you how McKenna has applied some of these in her life and, and what she's been able to create from these tools as well. So when I first found out of McKenna coming out, like I said, it was a bit of a shock. And oftentimes it's important to understand how the brain works. This is something that was unexpected, right? So my mind was going, how did this happen? Um, why would she choose this? How could this be God's plan? What if she doesn't get married in the temple? What if she leaves the church? What if she's not accepted? all of those things. Okay. And the reason why our brain does this is because it's looking for a way to solve what it doesn't understand. Something happened that threw us off and it's like, okay, we got to figure out how this happened and why it's happening. We love to problem solve. Um, but here's the thing. Our brains don't know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. It just likes to look for evidence of the thoughts that we're already having. So if I can't, or so if I have the thought of where did I go wrong, my brain is going to look to the past and bring up a list of, oh, maybe I didn't raise her right. Um, maybe I should have encouraged scripture reading more, or maybe I sh we should have had FHE more, family home evening. Um, maybe I should have spent more one-on-one -on -one time with her, <laughs> trying to come up with ways of where I failed or how I could have prevented this. And that's normal human behavior. 
that doesn't actually ever mean that there's something wrong with me or that there's really something that's gone wrong. My brain's just trying to solve for it for something that doesn't make sense in the moment. And when we can't find a reason outside of us, outside of our control, we naturally go to blaming ourselves. There's something wrong with me. I did something wrong. This is my fault, which isn't useful. (laughs) So whenever we go into these thoughts of, I should have, I shouldn't have, this is where we start to shame ourselves. And we fill ourselves with emotions of shame and judgment. We have worry and we have fear. And because these emotions don't feel good, we will either react. That means we're yelling or we're blaming or we try to control the situation. Okay, maybe I'll start grounding my child or take her phone away or doing whatever we can to feel like we're in control of something. Okay, I'm going to prevent a future that I'm afraid you're going to have. That's reacting. Or maybe we avoid, and that's going to look like refusing to talk about it. Oh, that's not okay. We don't talk about that here. Um, Pretending like you didn't hear it Um, in denial. Okay. Just kind of like, are you sure that can't be true? This is just a phase. And part of me went to that denial phase. Um, And then, oh, and avoiding it can also look like busying yourself trying to do something else so you're not thinking about it. Or like I did that whole night, research, 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 and trying to find some answers. Um, That's me avoiding the emotions that I was feeling. Or we will resist it. Um, Resisting is to pretend to be fine when you're not, um, which will increase the way that you feel. It will intensify those emotions. And all of these only create disconnection with each other. When I'm in this space, I'm not connecting with my daughter. I can't show up from that place of love and understanding or being open to hearing her and listening to her and being there for her. But I'm so focused on worrying about how this, how we got here and in fear of the future of what might happen. So it's important to get that awareness of recognizing These are the thoughts that I'm having, and these are the emotions that are coming up for me. And so something that I have learned is how to actually process through an emotion. This isn't something that we're taught. And processing through an emotion is the best way to help you feel the emotion without trying to change most often. So for example, when my daughter came out, I could go to a place of believing that her coming out is causing me to feel this way. And that is usually how we have grown up to view our lives, that the thoughts that we have about our lives are the story or the way that we are observing our lives. But that's not actually true. (laughs) They're just stories that happen to be our opinions based on maybe past experiences or our upbringing or things that we were taught to believe, those kind of things. And so a tool that I have learned was something that has really helped me get in the practice of instead of allowing the things happening around me to control how I feel or to live at the effect of what's happening around me, I'm able to then pull myself out, sort of give myself an outside perspective of here's the fact 
My daughter says I identify as a lesbian and I get to decide what I make that mean. Now, when I choose to decide what I make that mean, those are then my thoughts that are intentional. And that's where my agency lies. That is what I get to choose. And when I'm intentional with my thoughts, my thoughts generate the emotions within me. And when I learn to process those emotions, then I'm able to get to a place of I'm making intentional actions or inactions, knowing when to speak, when not to speak, what to do, what not to do, and showing up from a place that I can feel good about. Um, We call this our highest selves, okay? So the things that are happening outside of us um, are never responsible for the way that we feel. So if you can imagine driving a car, you are in control of that car. You are in that car. You, you guide that car where it goes. You are in control of that car. But you have other people in cars too. They're in control of their car. Whatever they choose to do in their car cannot impact you or have an impact on how you feel as the driver of your own car until you have a thought about how they're driving their car. So someone could cut me off and I get to choose to decide what I make that mean. Oh, they're a jerk. And then I get to feel those negative emotions or I could think, oh, they must be in a hurry to get somewhere. And, you know, I'm more of in a neutral space of, oh, I have some compassion for them. And then I'll show up from that space. So when we learn how to process our emotions and recognize that we are responsible for how we feel, that is where we can finally get some leverage over the way that we're showing up for our children. And processing your emotions lessens the intensity of the emotion. It also um, helps you create a deeper connection with the Savior because processing your emotion is allowing how you feel, accepting how you feel and where you are with honesty and vulnerability. And it's in that space because the Savior is fully aware of every emotion. He has experienced every single emotion we could ever experience. And when we allow him to, when we invite him into that space, that vulnerable space of how we truly feel in that moment, he can meet us there. So for example, when I was saying that prayer and I was asking Heavenly Father, what do I do? I expressed everything that I was feeling and everything that I was thinking. I told him about how I was worried and concerned for her. I told him about all the things Okay. And I honestly just express like, I'm, I'm afraid I'm worried. I don't know how people are going to respond. I don't, I went through all the things that I don't know. And I went through and I just expressed everything that I had felt. And because I was open and vulnerable and I was seeking an answer, he could meet me there. And he allows, always allows us that space to be where we are with understanding and compassion and grace. And I believe he wants us to learn how to do that for ourselves, how to give that to ourselves, because guess what? We're human beings. (laughs) 
we are heavenly children spiritually. So we have inherent divine identity within us at our core, who we're also human and we're going to struggle, especially with something that we've never experienced before. So when we allow ourselves to go to that space of this is truly how I feel and be vulnerable and allow the savior in, that is when for me, I feel the deepest connection with him where he first expresses his love and understanding on my behalf. And then he gives me and offers me a new perspective. He gave me that answer of just love her. She just needs you to love her. And that calmed all those worries and those fears. You know, that Prince of Peace, he brings that peace in those moments where we're in confusion and our minds are just spiraling through all the thoughts. You can find and create that peace when you're open and honest and take it to the Lord and allow him to meet you there. So the way that I like to guide my clients through processing an emotion is to first identify it. And it's very similar to um, meditation. So I coach my clients into taking a deep breath, deep breath in, deep breath out, and to becoming aware of taking that breath, to label the emotion they're feeling, and then to go inward, to silence the mind. And you're just kind of looking within you, within your body, where am I feeling this tightness and this tension? Now, emotions are like, toddlers. They just want your love and attention and they're persistent. (laughs) If you push them aside, give them something to do, they'll always come back. Okay. Emotions do that too. They live within us. They're a part of us and they have information for us. They tell us what we're passionate about. They tell us what we care about. They give us information of what we're really afraid of or worried about. Um, Because they're all tied to our thoughts that we have and the beliefs that we have about ourselves and about our lives. So when we go to that space of, oh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling this tightness, this vibration, this heat, whatever it is, and you just observe it. You're closing your eyes, you're breathing, you observe it. And sometimes I even like to talk to the emotion of, you are safe here. I'm allowing you to be here. And sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes the emotion is so strong, it needs a little bit more. And sometimes I just need to allow it to be. But whenever we make it mean that there's something wrong with us, that I shouldn't feel this way because I'm supposed to feel happy all the time, that is when we intensify that emotion and keep it stuck within us. So it's so important to just allow yourself to feel that emotion to take time to allow it to be there. It doesn't have to control your actions. It doesn't have to control your life. You can put it in the back seat if it's going to be like, okay, I'm going to bring anxiety with me today. Yep, I've got my anxiety with me today. It's just going to go along with me, but I'm still in control of me. And then that can help you bring back into that more rational mindset in showing up more intentionally of who you want to be. Um, Also. With emotions, they are the opportunity for you to see the thoughts that you are having. And when you have those thoughts, instead of going to a place of judgment or shame, I shouldn't be thinking this, 
I should, I should have done better. All those things. Instead, try to meet yourself with compassion, like the savior would. And that's going to look like, of course, I'm struggling with this. I didn't see this coming. Of course, this is hard for me. I didn't expect this. And that's okay. It's okay that it's hard for me. Back to that toddler example. We watch our children transform tremendously over a just a year of their life. That first year where they are growing and progressing. And they're, they're crawling. They're learning to eat with their hands. And they're walking. And they stumble and stumble and stumble. We don't judge them. We don't push them down. We don't, we don't tell them they should be better. They should be doing better. Not at all. We encourage them. We meet them where they are. We support them and we love them. We need to do that for ourselves, no matter what age we are, (laughs) because we are always growing and learning and progressing. We want to be. Okay. So for example, if I'm having thoughts of what if I did this all wrong? What if my daughter leaves the church? What if she doesn't get sealed in the temple? Meeting myself with compassion in those thoughts is going to look like I may not know what the future holds for my daughter, but I do know that I love her. And I also know that we have an all-knowing and all-loving Heavenly Father who already knew that this would happen. He already knew that this would be this way. And that he has prepared me throughout my life to be the exact mother my daughter needs right now. And when you start to come up with those kind of thoughts of what do I know and allowing the spirit to speak to you in that way, and it's hard to adapt those new thoughts, remind yourself, I am learning how to do this. I'm discovering what it is to be a mom to an LGBTQ child. I'm becoming the person I need to be for her and for me. That is compassion through the whole process. And you can take those to remind yourself when it gets hard, when it goes the direction you didn't expect, when your child decides to leave the church, because I know that happens. Instead of blaming and shaming and going into that space of this has gotten really uncomfortable and I just don't know what to expect, remember to come to a place of compassion for yourself and seek the Spirit to help guide you with what else could be true. What do I know? And how can I continue to grow and show up from this place? This allows you to show up with intention of who you want to be in that moment. We talked about when you are aware of your thoughts, then you have that agency to decide who do I want to be? So if you knew before you came to this earth, the kind of experiences that you would face along your earthly journey, the exact children that you would receive, and the struggles they would go through, would you still choose to go through it? This was something that one of my coaches asked me. And I was like, absolutely. I would not trade my children for anything to get rid of what they're going through. 
Wow. I would not trade my experiences just to have the growth and to uh, have the understanding and the pro- progression that I have had in my life. Now, when you ask yourself these things, that is when you get to decide or let go of why is this happening? What went wrong? How do I fix this? And switch it over into who do I want to be? So what if our Heavenly Father already knew all of this would happen? I'd like to think that he prepared us for it even before we came to this earth. That we are exactly who he needs us to be. And that everything we've gone through has prepared us to know how to show up for compassion with our children and what they're struggling through. I know I have a a personal experiences from my teenage years, even from childhood, of understanding what it means to feel left out, excluded, alone. Um, Those kind of experiences that I feel like everybody at some point goes through. And my daughter experiences those. She knows what it's like to feel kind of left out, to be the one who's, who's different. And to wonder what people think of her. Is she enough? Is she accepted? We all want to feel accepted. We all want to feel loved. But whenever we look for it outside of us, that's when we lose sight of our truth within us. So let's go back to that person of who I want to be. How do I want to respond to my daughter through this? How can I be here for her no matter what direction this goes? Deciding intentionally who you want to be will create that version of you. So for example, I want to be the mom that gives her love. I want to love her through all of it. So if I'm deciding that I'm a person or I'm a mom who loves my daughter no matter what, then that means I'm going to feel loving emotions for her. And when I feel love towards her, My actions are going to be, I'm going to listen. I'm going to have compassion for her. Sometimes I just hold her. And sometimes I'll feel inspired to be guided to know what to say or the direction to help her to go. But also more importantly, I give her the freedom of her agency. I can lead and teach and guide, but coming from a place of love, I can also allow her that space to make choices for herself. And when I do that, instead of trying to control the outcome of her choices or the outcome of her life to go the way I think it should go, because I raised her in the church, because I want her to have a temple ceiling in marriage, she can then have that space to use her agency and decide what does work for her. And this is something we've done. And she's, she has explored relationships with a guy and that was a very positive experience for her. She recognized ways that she could be attracted to a guy, someone who respects her someone who holds the same church standards that she tries so hard to hold, somebody who will listen to her and have compassion for her, 
somebody who will continue to encourage her to be her best self. She loves theater. She loves band, somebody who supports her in all the ways that she is and not just focusing on, oh, you're a lesbian. But he knew that about her already and he fully accepted her. And she tells me, I'm so grateful. Heavenly Father blessed me with this guy in my life. He was first a friend and they're still friends today. They're not in a relationship anymore. She's also had a relationship with another girl and she's had that experience and she gets excited about that. But she also recognizes what she does and doesn't want in a relationship altogether. And she did come to the conclusion of this isn't getting me really what I want. And she's decided for herself because I just asked her like, sweetheart, what do you want? And she says, I want a family. Mom, you know how much I love babies. (laughs) You know how much I love kids. And she does. She's so great with them. She was worried that that wouldn't be possible for her. But she's discovered for herself that she can have those things. And she's continuing to learn and to grow. And we have been really careful about when she's dating somebody, we're having the same rules and the same standards in our home as we do for our son who isn't attracted to guys, right? And we treat them the same. We have the same rules. So there's no bias in any way. We accept her and we accept whomever she's dating into our lives, just as we do our son, her her older brother. Um, They're the only ones we have of dating age. (laughs) But it's been a really good positive experience because it opens up communication. She's not hiding relationships from us. She's not hiding how she really feels and what she's going through. She's able to communicate and be open with us because we've allowed her that space because I was first able to allow myself the space to be where I was at and to allow the Savior to meet me there, to hold that space for me, teaching me how to hold that space and how to have compassion for myself so I can offer it to my daughter as well. So back to the car analogy, a car can't go anywhere useful without leadership over it. Our bodies can't do anything useful without leadership over them either. So if I want to be that loving parent, I need to make sure that I am intentional with my decisions. This doesn't mean I'm going to perfectly flawlessly show up the way I want to every time, but that's where repentance comes in and being able to apologize and go, okay, let's take a step back. I recognize I was reactive. Let's readdress this. And, you know, my daughter is really special. I have never seen somebody so quick to forgive. I've never seen somebody so just so chill and laid back and able to bring light and joy into any situation. And that is a gift that I have discovered within her. I feel like ever since she came out, she's true and honest in in who she is. She lives with more integrity in all the other ways of her life too, because she doesn't feel like she has to hide anything. Um. And living with intention allows our spirits to take over our body. And that will ensure us that we continue to progress along our journey. So 
I want to talk about, my daughter has not left the church. She says she doesn't want to, and I recognize that can change um, down the road. But for right now, this is where we are. Um, but I do know that's not the case for a lot of people. And I want to introduce a 50-50 concept. Because the truth is, no matter how you choose to show up, we can't control our children's choices. That they do have control because of that beautiful gift of agency we talked about. Um, and as I mentioned before, often we think that we're supposed to be happy all the time, that our goal is to be happy. But let me offer a new perspective. What if our lives were meant to be 50-50? And the reason why I offer that is because it says in the scripture that we are to have opposition in all things. And I've noticed opposition is what allows for agency. We cannot experience joy without going through the experience of sorrow. We're not going to fully understand love without experiencing loss, etc. Okay. But when we allow ourselves to experience the opposite of what we want to experience, we do have a choice. And oftentimes we feel like we're stuck in where we are and how we feel until something outside of us changes. But hopefully you've learned through me talking that you have the power to change how you feel by shifting your perspective. And that doesn't mean quickly change your negative thought into something positive because that doesn't work. That's just resisting how you really feel. But to be honest with where you are, and being honest with where you are and allowing yourself to process through that will get you to that opposition of, I do feel the peace that I needed within me. All children make mistakes no matter what. Um, and they need to have these experiences. That's how we learn and that's how we grow. And I love to remind myself that these children that I have been blessed to raise in my home and that I love so dearly were Heavenly Father's children before they were mine. And he's entrusted me with them. He is aware of them. Um, he's aware of what they're going through, what they're feeling, what they need, and when they need it. And they need to be allowed to experience for themselves how the gift of agency works for them so that they can know what it's like to experience the opposite of what they truly want. To give them the agency to decide who they want to be and how they want to create their life going forward. It doesn't mean it's permanent. Everybody changes their minds. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to like it. <laughs> um, it's not going to be easy to watch them go through certain experiences, no matter what age or no matter what, what child or what direction. It's not, it's not always easy because we want, we want our children to be happy. We want them to find joy. We want things to be easy for them. But that's when we come to that place of compassion of, okay, this is hard for me to watch them go through this. Of course it is. But I wonder what they're going to get out of it on the other side. As we go through this together, how can this help them to grow and to see themselves as the Lord sees them? Um, 
if you find yourself struggling with or holding on tightly to what you believe it should be, um, how you think things should look or the direction your child should go. I want you to ask yourself, what am I making this mean? What am I making this mean about me? And when you can get clear on what you're making this mean, then you're able to ask yourself then, what else could be true? And when you allow the brain to go to that place of what else could be true, again, you're going to receive answers to truly open yourself up to what else is possible here and find ways that you can allow that space for your child to make those decisions, allow yourself to show up um, the way that you want to and how you can show up. Sometimes the Lord might ask you to do something you just really don't want to do. That's really hard, but you'll be able to find strength in doing it. When you go to that space of what else could be true? What else is possible here? Now, what do we do with what we don't know yet? There is the big question. (laughs) I know my daughter has asked this a lot where she's just like, how how can Heavenly Father be okay with me being attracted to girls? But it doesn't fit into that eternal marriage that we're taught in the church. And that is a huge wonder and a huge question. And I know that for herself, she has often felt like, this is where I feel like I'm out of place, mom. This is where I feel like, how can I accept myself like this when I can't even be accepted in God's kingdom this way? This isn't an answer I can give. (laughs) This is not, it's not an answer I have. It is, I mean, obviously a question I have certainly had and have taken to the Lord. And for me personally, I'm being told to be still, to be still and know that I am God, that there is always a plan and a purpose in all these things. I don't know if you've noticed, but I feel like more so these days, there are a lot more younger children who are coming out as LGBTQ. Yeah. And I can't help but feel like these kids have something to teach us. They have been prepared for this time where we're at, where there's a lot of judgment in the world. And I've met with LGBTQ kids, adults. I even have a cousin who's LGBTQ. And they are the most compassionate, loving, accepting, forgiving, open-minded people I've ever met on this earth. And there's so much to be said about that. I feel like they carry a lot of the attributes of Christ that we forget about, that we get so lost and confused about. I don't know the answer of where do I fit in in God's kingdom? I know that God has a plan for all of his children. And I know that he loves all of his children. I know that 
the celestial kingdom isn't the only kingdom he offers his children. That there are other realms of glory that he offers his children. So when it comes to the questions of what I don't know yet, I'm reminded of the scripture Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. What I do know is that when I turn myself and my children to the Lord, when I teach them to have a relationship with the Lord, he knows exactly what we need and when we need it. I know that there have been those who've been guided to go ahead and move forward in a same-sex attraction relationship and even a marriage, and they feel that's right for them. Who are we to judge? I know that the Lord allows them to have those experiences for reasons that only he understands and knows. I know that the Lord intentionally sent children to this earth with the same-sex attraction, falling in the category of LGBTQ. And these children relate to the Lord and his experiences. If you think about when the Savior was born, I mean, it's Christmas time, so it's easy to think about his birth at this time. But I was thinking about it about a week ago, and I was like, you know what? It's funny how we have these expectations of how life should go. And then we get so upset when it doesn't go that way. And we want, we want to feel justified or we want, we want things to be different. And yet the Savior, as magnificent and glorious as he was, he was born in a stable. He was poor and lowly and he was raised by a carpenter. And yet he never lost sight of who he truly was. He never lost sight of his purpose. And who he was sent here to be and what he was sent here to do. And I truly believe we all have a purpose here. That he knows that purpose way better than we know for ourselves sometimes. And better than we even know for our children. And I know that when we lean upon him, when we allow him into our lives and create that closeness with him. He can help us to see that inherent identity that we were born with, those strengths of courage and compassion and love that we can often see in other people as their spiritual gifts, but we can't often see in ourselves. But when we allow ourselves to experience how we feel without shame or judgment, when we allow ourselves to be where we are with compassion, Asking ourselves, what else could be true? Allowing the Spirit to guide us to a different perspective. We will each be guided through our own journey, our own unique stories that will help us to build His kingdom on this earth, to help us bring Him into our lives and live from who He needs us to be. I truly believe all children have a purpose here. And that they can find it as they get closer to the Savior. We may not find all the answers we're looking for. But what if the answers aren't what we need at this time? What if it's the development of attributes of Christ is what we really need? 
And as I look at my daughter, she has those. It comes so easily for her. She's not perfect. (laughs) She has her moments, but they really come easy for her. And I know that she was called to this place, that she can help be a resource, even a pioneer through this time and helping other LGBTQ plus members feel comfortable and confident in the church. But that's, that's what I wanted to share with you. I get so moved in these podcast listeners that <laughs> I, I, I'm really moved, Alicia. I've done a lot of these and everyone is different. And I sometimes think, how can anybody share something new um, and groundbreaking and different? And then I sort of get slapped on the side of the face after I hear what you just shared. Um, th- thank you for your level of preparation. You didn't just do this on a whim. <laughs> no. You were really thoughtful and intentional about what you wanted to share. And I sense very prayerful. So, I mean, here's some of my thoughts, listeners. You probably have a lot of thoughts and things you wrote down and maybe rewind and get the words just right that Alicia shared. But McKenna, if you're listening, respect for you and the woman that you are and the life you're living and the courage to come out at age 15 and in a way that I've never heard anybody come out. I've heard people texting their parents one by one or both at the <laughs> same time or their friends, but to um, text everybody in your family and your friend group in a mass text, I think is an insight into your understanding of your worth and who you are and the confidence that you have in who you are. And I don't think you sent that text out of fear but I think you sent it out of a deep confidence in who you are. And you are 15 when you did that. And when your mom talks about, um, which is part of our doctrine, the very best are being sent for the last days. I believe that with LGBTQ youth um, and maybe young adults. And But your mom linked that with something that's never been linked before. In my mind is the world is divisive. And the world is divided. That's the same same version of the same statement. But your gifts and skills and attributes and kindness to be able to bridge that divide is something I've already seen in LGBTQ people. You're just wired to see marginalized people and wired to be peacemakers. And, and you come often with a really mature spirit to earth life, even though you get born in a brand new body. Um, yes. So I've seen that pattern, and um, and so there's great purpose in what God is doing, and I love. So that's some of my thoughts to you, McKenna, and young other young people that are listening. And everybody needs to come out their own way. So some of you may choose to do it McKenna's way, and some of you may. I think you've got to be intentional the way you do that, and some may not feel it's the right time to come out, and that's okay, if especially if it's intentional. Um, I love then where you talked about the growth you need to make as a parent to be better parent to your kiddo and that you took all this fear and shame and sort of backward looking and what did I do wrong? Um, And that then helps. This is really helpful to other parents. It's helpful to me. And I don't even 
have any queer kiddos is just, you know, I want to be in the best spot as a parent so I can parent out of love and acceptance and not out of fear and not out of my own insecurities. And you don't want to communicate on the podcast that you're a perfect parent, I know. But sharing your own story as well as your, you know, expertise as a certified life coach really is helpful. And to to have tools to be a better parent. I love your open-ended prayer that night. What do I do? Instead of, you know, this is what my will is. How do you make that happen? Right. And I thought that was a very thoughtful prayer. Um, and then that hug the next morning where you said, "And I love you and I accept you. And... And this joint goal to point her, which I think she already was, to her heavenly parents and have a relationship with her heavenly father. And that the feeling that this is who she is and who she meant to be and something didn't go wrong. Because that creates shame. I think everybody needs to be on the same moral footing and feel they're created as intended. And so I love that that's part of the family story here. And I think... I think she did a lot of that on her own, as you're recognizing, but I think you walking with her and not creating embarrassment about, now I got to, and I'm just, this is going to be a phase, McKenna, and we're going to get through this phase, and then you'll be, right. stri- <laughs> you'll be straight. And yeah, I mean, there's probably some people that do go through a phase, and it may be something different at the bottom of the iceberg besides sexual orientation. Um, but I think you recognize that I'm going to walk with you and and not sort of have a secret agenda in the back of my mind. Um, so I thought that was really good. Um, and that's, I'm just looking at any of my other notes here that I wanted to share. Um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, some of my notes, listeners. I've got some more notes, but I can't remember what they mean. <laughs> um, but. Alicia, this is, and I want to give you time to just share final thoughts, but great job on this. And this is Thank one of you. the very best podcasts for parents to to manage this space. And there will be things that I didn't write down that people will forever be changed by some of the vocabulary used or some of the thoughts that were put into their mind. And because um, there's no like class in the church right now for how to raise um, an LGBTQ kid, but the principles are there. And the principles are there with therapists and people that understand some of these concepts that I think that's maybe one of the things you talked about is how Jesus allows us to, when we're in these spaces of no fear, no shame, that he's able to, and we're vulnerable and honest with him about where we are. We we get better revelation, I think, is, I don't think you quite said it that way, but Jesus is there um, with us to give us um, and our heavenly parents. So uh, I just think this is a beautiful family love story. And McKenna, you may come on the podcast one day, open invitation to you if you're listening. Um, if you ever feel that's right for you, I think your story would help others. And I love you're just at peace that you're going to let McKenna self-determine, if that's an okay word, her best path yeah. forward. And you're going to, you still have hopes and dreams as a parent. Um, but you're recognizing that part of our doctrine is agency. I'm going to walk with you. And I would guess she feels you walking with her. And I also think when kids feel that sort of I'll walk with you, they're more open to open up about the realities of their life. And I sense McKenna has been pretty open with you about 
Um, and that's what we want as parents is our kids feel safe opening up this, even if whatever path they're choosing, we as parents can walk that road with them. And then I think they do make better decisions because they keep parents involved and they feel safe opening up to parents about the realities of their lives. So great job, Alicia, but I'm going to send it back to you for final thoughts. Thank you. No, I just, I hope that if anything, this helps to lessen that angst and that worry and that fear and that anxiety over where did we go wrong or what happened, what went wrong that, I mean, even for leaders in the church, that if there are youth coming out or even no matter what the age they're coming out, let's remember the first and most important thing is to love them, that Christ already loves them. He already knows them and we just need to embrace them too, that there is a place for them. I truly, truly believe that. And it's not about what do we need to change about them? What do we need to change about the church? That's not what it's about. The gospel is the way that the Savior set it up to be, and it's perfect the way that he set it up. But we need to figure out what is my place in this, through this, as I learn to love and accept myself and love and accept what's going on and what's happened. And just take it one day at a time. You don't need to know the future or need to know the outcome to choose to love somebody today. And that that is the most important thing that we can do. Listeners will put uh, Alicia's um, website in the show notes, but it's Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, hallcoaching.com. Alicia Hall, thank you. For thank being you, on the Richard. Podcast. Can I add one more thing? Please. I, I want to make the listeners aware that there are other LDS life coaches and I want to send a link into the LDS life coach directory. Um, and that is ldslifecoaching.com. And you will find on there specific life coaches who coach parents of LGBTQ kids. And that we, is their specific niche. And we will add that to the show notes. Perfect. So Alicia Hall and Richard Osler, um, thank you listeners for listening, signing off from another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love. <laughs>